Not safe for network. I'm Biggs. And I'm Brandon. So today we're going to cover a couple of things. We'll just dive right in. So you watch Malignant. I did watch Malignant because it's in theaters, but it's also streaming on HBO Max. That's pretty much all of their stuff is, it seems like. Last Saturday night, I was just flipping through. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot because I know you talked about possibly going to see that. I'm like, yeah, I'll just watch it, see what's, what's going on. That movie is strange it's like a horror movie but it's also an action film at the same time and i didn't expect the action portion of that because i always seen like i because i'd watched the trailer a couple of times and they talk about what if that imaginary friend turned out to be real and like i won't give away what is actually happening with that because it's something (laughs) you really have to see and you're like how the fuck did we get here (laughs) (laughs) So this movie seems to be incredibly polarizing. Everybody seems to either like it or hate it, and there's no in-between. Where do you fall on it? I enjoyed it a lot, but I enjoy it. Like, I think Carl would really enjoy this movie. Um, I think, so it's super fucked up is what yeah, you said. It's, it's, <laughs> if it wasn't done by Cronenberg, you would think it was done by Cronenberg. Yeah, fair. Like, there is a lot of real grotesque, like, like, body horror, body horror in it. The bad guy, like, snaps and pops and, like, is all backwards. The whole face just is like a melted face and, like, with bulging eyes coming out of it and, like, really just gross, like, fresh flesh wound, like, their entire face. And, like, which makes sense if you know the twist on it, but I won't go there. (laughs) <laughs> um, and, but it's just like every time that you're w- watching it and you're like, oh, this is fucked up. I'm like, it ratchets up to another level. The only thing I w- would knock against it is some of the writing is pretty poor on it. And it's just that stupid cop stuff that like would never actually happen in real life. Like the guy chasing down a police banister, like chasing after the bad guy, like, Never calls in a radio backup or just like, he's like, oh, I know where it is. I'm going to go into this abandoned warehouse alone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff. The The main character and her husband, the main character is pregnant and the main character and her boyfriend or husband or whatever get in a fight and he pushes her up against a wall, like seriously, like enough to start bleeding and like pass out. And then, and then the monster shows up. And kills the husband. And that's how the whole thing starts. Okay. So that's like the first two minutes of the movie. How would you say it stacks up in James Wan's filmography? Although I'm wondering how much of his filmography you've seen. I know you've seen Aquaman. (laughs) Have you seen the Conjuring movies or like uh, I have not seen any. I've seen Insidious, I think. And it's probably about on par with that. Okay. I still (laughs) think Aquaman's better. (laughs) <laughs> uh, just because i enjoyed it more i i've kind of gotten soft over the years my horror fiction is not 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 as big as it used to be yeah i feel like we're hitting a golden age of horror right now honestly so 
I'm just I'm all about it right now. We have the, the social commentary, and then on the other side of that, the body horror is getting so grotesque. Like I love these two things for some reason in movies. I mean, like I don't seek it out necessarily, but when I watch it, I do like something that makes me feel something. And body horror usually makes me go oh when I watch it. So, uh, so you watch the end of Brooklyn Nine Nine? The no, I, the last season I watched the first four episodes. There's it's a nine episode season. And so I watched the first four because I I didn't realize they had started yet until they did. Like I saw all the announcements. I think for the every time we talked finale. about it, you've been gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably nowhere then. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've already like gone over this. Do yeah. you have like general thoughts for this um, final season? I did like how they started out the uh, the first episode of the new season where they did really address the. Uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and how things have really come to a head. And I I know you were talking with Carl about the John McGinley character. Mm-hmm. And he is fucking hilarious, but so irritating. W- was he still in Scrubs? <laughs> <laughs> He's graduated to a lawyer now. Okay, not watching it. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot at some point. I tried to, like, watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. My kids, like, jumped in before Hulu had the different profiles and kept having it at different points. And so I couldn't, like, keep up with the order of it. So I was just like, fuck it, and, like, set it aside. And I've just never picked it back up. But I will eventually. Yeah, that's kind of where I was at. Like, I watched, like, a few episodes. And then my family would, like, binge watch, like, most of a season overnight. Yeah, that's why my Hulu. And I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck is this? So my Hulu profile has an Alexander. The one that I watch all the time is the one that says, don't watch this profile ever. And it's got like 15 exclamation points after it. (laughs) (laughs) And that was because of stuff like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That's the one that sticks out in my head the most. But there was a few other things. And I mean, we're going years back. But it was just a lot of like, don't mess with my profile. You have your own. (laughs) My initial profile for Hulu was just so messed up because it was like everybody's stuff. So it was just like, we know you want to watch fuck island or whatever the hell like bullshit <laughs> realities and i'm like no i would never ever fucking watch this so yeah i <laughs> that's kind of how my youtube algorithm it's like yeah mine too is totally just fucked totally and i'm like i don't know half of what this is that i'm subscribed to <laughs> yeah yeah me too it's just like all this weird stuff that my kids liked and stuff that they don't even like anymore but they never bother to unsubscribe you know yeah. what i mean because i grew out of it but we got a trailer for a new marvel thing and i did not think we would be hitting marvel too much today this has to be mentioned dude so they dropped a little stinger trailer for hit monkey which is going to be on hulu now what is your familiarity with hit monkey i'm guessing none none zero okay so what's funny about this is me and brandon did an episode where we talked about this because i read every issue that had hit monkey in it out of the marvel unlimited app and there's not much dude it was a mini series that went six issues and then i think he reappears in like a two issue arc and another thing but essentially what the story is it's very simple and the original story is mostly There's almost no dialogue, but essentially the monkey is like all these other monkeys and then it gets killed by 
some Yakuza for some reason I don't remember. And so the ghost of the, it's going after a guy who's by the monkeys. And so the ghost of the guy kind of like leads the monkey to become a hitman to avenge the guy, but also avenge all of his monkeys. <laughs> and so he goes to New York and Japan and stuff and just starts like hunting people one by one. And like there's parts where he can hold four guns because he's got essentially like four arms, you know? <laughs> and it's just like, it's just fun. And when I read the, the book it was so utterly insane but so much fun and so I love that they've turned this into a cartoon because I can't imagine what they're going to do with it but what we saw in the in the trailer seems like what that book was so and like I said he comes back to hunt other people but he just goes after the mob for like wiping it out it's basically the Punisher story with a monkey <laughs> and he sees a ghost that spurs him on as opposed to like drinking Jim Beam every night and thinking about his dead family <laughs> like that's the only difference which is way more fun and he's also dressed better than the Punisher because he's yeah. got sunglasses and a fucking suit on <laughs> <laughs> it's so goddamn crazy dude uh, one thing I kind of stuck out to me in that trailer was the uh, the art style. It's very it kind of reminded me of late 90s early 2000 um Todd McFarlane kind of anim- animation like the video the music video for Do the Evolution. Okay. All right, sure. I was like picturing his particular styles and I was like I don't really see that but I I do see what you're saying there yeah it's definitely 2D it's not going 3D like MODOK did Uh, this was all supposed to be this big expanded universe where they were doing MODOK they were doing Hitmonkey they were doing Dazzler which I do not know if Dazzler is still happening or not and they were supposed to do Howard the Duck which I don't think is happening anymore no it's not and then they were supposed to all team up for The Offenders which was kind of a play off of The Defenders right for Netflix but I don't think they're doing that anymore so i'd be surprised if we get more after hit monkey i don't even know if hit monkey is more than just like a limited series honestly i have no idea where they're gonna go with it but i am very excited about this prospect and there's a guy we are never going to see in the marvel movies you know what i mean yeah they're not putting in hit monkey that's just not gonna happen so this feels like Which a good might be place for it well we'll <laughs> see we'll see <laughs> it would be interesting for sure but I feel like Hitmonkey is too – you can even see it in the trailer. It's just way too bloody to be an MCU oh, yeah. thing, you know. So to me, this is kind of big news. So – and I think it's going to be big news for you too. So Scott Bakula was in an interview I a while ago. This. And he was saying that there have been some big conversations about bringing Quantum Leap back. Yeah. That's basically all that he had to say, except for he still gets asked about it all the time and that there have been conversations with him about it. So something might be brewing with Quantum Leap. It's hard to say because apparently the rights are really fucked on it. And I I can't even imagine changed. with NBC Universal and like that stuff is I believe it went in syndication like on a couple of different platforms. So I don't know who has rights to that. And And Donald P. Belisaro was a producer, I remember, but I don't know what he did with those rights afterwards. They probably did split it up in syndication and stuff. But yeah, it's just like those old shows. You don't really think they're coming back. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it might be coming back. But what angle do you think they'll take for this if it does come back? Let's just let's just assume it comes back for this conversation. See, I would like to see not like to see. This is a different conversation no. that we will have. What do you think but, they'll well, do? Well, okay. So, what I can kind of see is them passing the torch onto a new leaper. Mhm. 
And somebody was looking through his old files and like trying to restart his research and then like goes into the quantum leap. And so we end up with a new new leaper. But, you know, it's just a way to shoehorn the show into a new a new era. Is Dean Stockwell still alive? I think so. He's got to be too old, Mark. right? He's got to be way too old. For I the show I at think this he's point. retired, so I so he's probably off the map. <clears throat> My gut tells me that if they're talking to Scott Bakula about this, they're probably going to have him in the lead. I would imagine, but I would like to double back to what I want them to do, which is another thing we talked about in podcasts a long time ago. Because we had when it's always sunny in Philadelphia had Scott Bakula on it, and they did that little musical thing with him. We talked about what it would take to do a a Quantum Leap reboot and what that would look like. And my idea was that they have Sam's daughter because, like, he did get back with his wife. Like, he fixed it so that he had a wife in the course of the series. And he came back at one point and, like, made love to her and then, like, had to go back to save Al because Al had switched places with him. For those not in the know, because this is an older show, Quantum Leap is basically the scientist steps in his Quantum Leap accelerator and vanishes and awakes to find himself trapped in time, surrounded by mirror images that were not his own and driven by an unknown force to change things for the better. His only guide on the journey was Al, a person from his own time that only he can see and hear. And so... Sam Beckett would find himself leaping from life to life, striving to put right what once went wrong, and hoping each time that his next leap will be the leap home, right? That's basically the plot of it. So Al had switched places with Sam in this one two-episode arc. And so my idea was, like, he got her pregnant when he came back and saw his wife. And so that daughter at this point, that was, like, 90, somewhere in the 90s when that episode happened. Let's just say 92. So that kid would be 10... 20. Almost 30. 30. Yeah. Somewhere around 30. So like this, the math works on this, right? Like if you want to do a reboot, but a continuation. And so the daughter like finds the research, like goes to find him. And then they do a torch pass that way. She's looking for Sam and Sam only shows up every now and again. She can't quite help. You know what I mean? Like that's like his thing is like, he just wants to get home. Her thing is she wants to bring her dad home and have a relationship with her dad. But that's to me, that's the driving point of the thing. It's like it makes it interesting to me. That's what I would like to see. I, I'm down with that premise. So just for the record, Dean Stockwell is 85. Yeah, he's and still old. alive. He's too old for this. And it's going to look real gross if he's lecherous. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and I'm sure it's he. and I'm, I don't think he wants to do it. Like I don't if I was an 85 year old man, I don't think I'd want to do a weekly shoot yeah let's be real dude this isn't going to be a weekly thing like if this happens it'll be on peacock or something like that it'll be like 10 episodes it's a lot of work i'm sure but they're they're not going to do the network thing where they're like spinning out 20 episodes no way not for something like this to make something like this work they're actually going to have to double down on the sci-fi because that's the stuff that the fans like the most so you're going to have to have a budget on it it's going to take longer to produce the episodes it's going to be more expensive you need a lower episode count like just straight yeah like an eight to ten episode season i think start it out see where it goes that's my hope my personal hope what i actually think they'll do they'll just take him again and like have him be older and still doing the same thing but maybe somebody else will be guiding him because i can't see dean stockwell coming back for it at this point who can be that lecherous guy but we need to be realistic about this we can't like just name x movie star because that's not real for something like this you know what i mean 
this is going to be somebody who's not A-list. So you can't say like Oscar Isaac or something like that. That's just not going to happen. Who would be in their like 40s or 50s and somewhat lecherous, like could do the lecherous thing? Or do we even go lecherous? Maybe we don't need to go lecherous. That could get them in a lot of trouble, right? I would say Bruce Campbell. That is such a good choice. Because he can be that gross guy, but he's very funny and he does a supporting role really well. Yeah. Uh, watching Burn Notice for the first few seasons. And you can get Bruce Campbell. That's a perfect get for a show like that. Yeah. Because like, like he can come in and not hurt the shit out of himself all the time because he's just like either standing there in the scene talking to him or he's on a green screen so it can you can see him walk through stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. He could do that. Dude, that I don't even want to come up with one now. That's a <laughs> fucking inspired choice, dude. So yeah, if if they do it that way, we'll go Bruce Campbell. If they go the daughter, still Bruce Campbell, but like <laughs> not as a daughter, just still as the guide, right? So who would be good as the daughter character? We need somebody who can they have to be athletic because that's part of the show, right? Like you have to do like these crazy things in the show. Because, I mean, he would be riding a horse one day and be a trapeze artist another day and be a baseball player another day. So you need somebody who physically you can buy them in that role. But then also has to be like wide-eyed a little bit, right? Like kind of have that farm boy thing that Sam's got. I think that's a key to the character. They have to be very likable. See, a good – like a Carrie Washington would be good – but it doesn't fit the storyline. No, because how yeah. does she wind up being black when it's two white people? No, that's exactly. <laughs> Did we ever see Dean Stockwell's wife? Yes, the very last episode. Okay. Uh, Sam shows up while she's dancing with Al's hologram, not knowing that she's dancing with Al's hologram, and then he tells her to just hang on and Al would be there. Yeah, so I guess in the show they kind of arrange it so that Al's going to be out of the loop on this anyway. So you do need a different guide, you know? Yeah. Or just have him doing it himself. Hmm. No. See, I think you need that guide to, like, like to steer the episode because that's really what drove that show. The Leaper had no idea what was going on. And then, like, um, the whole point of Al was to, like, drive and actually, like, put a plot from point A to point B in the episode. So That is true. He gave he gave the mission basically or yeah. what he thought the mission should be and then there would sometimes be a conflict because he would disagree and Al would always point him in the right direction like ah there's a newspaper article and blah blah, blah. like it was kind of a mystery how Ziggy came up with this information all the time but <laughs> you know those computers from 1999 were just really fucking sharp <laughs> isn't that crazy dude like it was the future yeah. year of 1999 when that show started he left in 97 was that when he left yeah and by the end of the se- the end of the series it had like real time had gone to 1999 no, no, no. Real time was like 94. That show quit. No, like I a, mean like in actual t- – like the TV time, like when – It had been two years is what yeah. you said. The five seasons was condensed over two years of story Correct. time. Gotcha. They did a <laughs> <laughs> they did a Better Call Saul Breaking Bad thing. Yeah, because the season finale, <laughs> I think um, – because they said something about 1999. But I remember the 97 was the future year in which he leapt. Yeah. What was your favorite Quantum Leap episode? Mine was the Evil Leaper. The Evil Leaper was pretty good. Yeah, like that. But when the Evil Leaper isn't evil anymore, 
Because he runs into the evil Leaper twice. Yeah. He runs into her the first time and then finds out. We get the feeling that she's like in hell and being forced. And then there's like a lecherous guide for her that's like this like older the female woman. Version. Yeah, the female version of Al basically. <laughs> yeah. Like they really had fun with that. But uh, And then the second she's time. She's like undoing stuff that he's doing. Yeah. And then the second time he like connects with her and then like holds on to her when he goes to leap and she leaps with him and then he's trying to keep her hidden and then at the end she winds up leaping off and doing something else but there's still an evil leaper out there because the lady wound up being the leaper and then this other guy who's like a like the black owl winds up like guiding her (laughs) (laughs) so they just keep going with it you know i would definitely want to see some face-offs with evil leapers yeah, that, that's a fun idea that I don't want to like throw away. Uh, but yeah, that was my favorite episode. Something come to your mind? No, no. What about JFK? That was a good one. I didn't remember that one very much. He I remember leaps the... into uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, and he can't stop himself, <laughs> and he leaves out right before he kills the president. Yeah, the one I really remember was when he uh, le- leapt into a Japanese woman, Kumiko. She was the bride of U.S. servicemen during World War II in Japan and then, like, met the guy Sam leapt into during World War II. And then, like, then they moved back to the States. And so, like, being a Japanese woman in late 40s, early 50s, and I think it was, like, 52 or 53. Okay. But just, like, all of the very vitriol hate towards Japanese Americans. Interesting. I also like the one where he like he leaps home and he's like in his teenage self and he wins a basketball game, which I'm just like, that's my fucking dream. Like being <laughs> older, just like this game Having that doesn't mean fucking anything, like going back and winning the game. <laughs> but then like it's not enough for him because he knows his brother's going to go off to Vietnam and die. And then he winds up going to Vietnam and protecting his brother from dying because he's like a war photographer. That was the very next episode. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a, another two-hander. They, they were really good with their two-handers, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I didn't watch a lot of them as they aired. I remember watching a lot of them in syndication on USA. Mm-hmm. And they were notorious for not putting those in order. Oh, god damn it, And dude. that I is hate that shit. awful. Yeah, that's a show that needs to be seen in order, too, because they're giving you the bumper for the next show at the end because every time – He would leap at the end when he did what he was supposed to do. And then he would suddenly see the situation he was in. And he'd usually look in a mirror or somebody would say something that would tip him off to where he was at. And he'd go, oh, boy. (laughs) Like every time. credits. Except for one time he leaps into a person in the electric chair. And he's like, oh, God. And then it ends with like kind of horror uh, music. Speaking of what, do you remember the Halloween one? Yeah, where like Ziggy was all fucked up and... Yeah. And it turns out Al is actually the devil. <laughs> and like the devil basically takes over and is like leading him. And like this goat keeps showing up when all this horrible stuff happens and all these people die. And then at the very end, it turns out it was a dream. Or was it? Like it's one of those <laughs> things. But then they also have like this kid, this nerdy kid who's helping him with groceries and stuff. He's like wants to be a writer. And he's Little just. Little Stevie. Yeah, yeah. They have this thing <laughs> where he's just like. 
he's talking about a car or something like our car scary he's like oh yeah you can have it like repair itself and he's saying stuff like that and he's like yeah maybe i could call her like christine or something and they're like oh hi stevie and like oh hey there tell mrs king i said hi and it's just like they did that all the time in the yeah. show. Like Sam accidentally starts a historical figure on the path to being a historical figure. <laughs> <laughs> but I would definitely like like to see what they play with now. Yeah. Yeah. It would be interesting. Dude, like the 9-11 story you could do. Yeah. I feel like they could. there's enough time there they could do that story. Yeah. Because you would want to do stuff that's happened since that show finished. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like your key demographic now is like people our age probably for this show and maybe like people slightly younger. If you can pull in an older audience, cool. But I think you would want to focus on stuff that happened from the 90s forward. Yeah. Like I would say, yeah, 1990 to today. Yeah. So or maybe even 94 because the show ended in 94, right? Yeah, 93. What what historical people do you think he could that they could like influence like maybe there's a part where uh where he's just like, "Oh god, I just you know what? I just want to tune out for a bit." And he like rolls a joint and then like there's some nerdy guy with glasses who comes up and he's like passing the joint. He's like, "Oh, I don't smoke weed." And he's like, "No, you should smoke a little weed." And he's just like, "This is great." <laughs> and it turns out to be Seth Rogen or something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe that's a weak example. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I was thinking like uh, starting like an Elon Musk honor path. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like the kind of thing they would do for sure. You always have to have like, oh, God, what if he started 8chan by accident or 4chan or something? <laughs> <laughs> something horrible. The Leaper is QAnon. <laughs> <laughs> No, you got to understand, I'm looking at Ziggy here, and Ziggy's saying that, like, the storm is coming. The storm's <laughs> approaching. <laughs> Damn it, Al, get off of your fucking weird A-chan shit. <laughs> All right. I can't believe it's happening for a third time in this podcast, but something else we talked about years ago on podcast, the movie Triplets. Remember this? Yeah. It was going to be the sequel to Twins. It was going to have Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito reprising their roles, and then they were going to bring in Eddie Murphy as a third twin. If you guys haven't seen this movie, I remember it being funny it's and n- awkwardly it crossed with like action movies. They, have, they did the, the 90s thing where they... Like somehow they're up against the mafia, yeah. Like the whole drug because thing. you have Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I mean that's why they did it, right? Like, yeah, but it. I mean, they did that in like comedies a lot. Yeah, where there was like drug de- like cocaine dealers and mafia. Oh, dude, eighties always with the cocaine. Three men and a little baby had a fucking plot arc where like for some reason there's this giant shipment of cocaine at their house and then they have to like hide it in a diaper when the cops are coming in. That actually yeah. happens in that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the 80s. <laughs> Essentially, the conceit of the movie is that there was this program feel like they just said the government but who knows because it's on like a tropical island or something and they're trying to like create the perfect human being holy shit this sounds like it's age bad maybe they should not revisit this like they're basically doing eugenics for the movie yeah and uh they create schwarzenegger who's supposed to be like the perfect human being but then like he doesn't realize that yeah the leftover shit is like danny devito (laughs) it's just like i would be so mad if i was danny devito 
know that they like wrote that in. You know what I mean? But so the idea is they're twins and they look nothing alike, but they do have certain characteristics in common. And Danny DeVito is doing what Danny DeVito does, which is like he's kind of a slime ball and Schwarzenegger is supposed to be like really, really good, pure in heart kind of thing. And then he starts influencing Danny DeVito while they're fucking fighting the mob and killing people probably. (laughs) Yeah. It was like an Ivan Reitman film. Yeah, Uh, I watched it about a year and a half ago and I was like, oh, this is aged like dog shit. Well, they're going back to the well anyway. Yeah. And uh, Ivan Reitman is directing again. I don't think he's directed anything since that one fucking movie with Fox Mulder. You know what I'm talking about? The evolution movie? Yeah, the one that the helicopter crash killed a few people. No, that was a Twilight Zone. That's going way back. No, this was one in the late 90s where they had uh, David Duchovny is playing a biologist with uh, Clarice, but not not the more famous Clarice, the slightly less famous one who only has one Oscar, the redhead. No, I'm talking about Julia Moore. Moore. Julianne Moore. Thank you. (laughs) Dude, the name's so hard today. So Julianne Moore is his biology partner and then they find something with an alien that comes to earth i think orlando jones is in it and then they wind up like fighting all these things it was supposed to be like an updated ghostbusters kind of but it fucking sucked and everybody hated it and it bombed uh, i think that was the last joint reitman did and that was a while ago yeah that was over 20 years ago, but he's helming this and they couldn't get Eddie Murphy because coming to America was such a hit that immediately after they did that sequel, he got booked up for a bunch of movies. And so they weren't able to work him into this one because they're going to start shooting in January. So they got Tracy Morgan as the third brother, which is great. I actually think that works better. I completely agree. I saw that. I was like, you know, I kind of want to see this more than I would like Eddie. I mean, I love Eddie Murphy, but I think Tracy Morgan is legitimately very funny. And I feel like Tracy Morgan's, his energy with Danny DeVito's energy (laughs) is going to be fantastic. You know what I mean? But it's fucking weird because there's no way Tracy Morgan is the same age as those two. And they're supposed to be triplets. So what the fuck are they doing? I don't know, but who cares, dude? Concept is fucking insane anyway, you know? It's all an insane concept. Are Danny DeVito and Schwarzenegger even the same age? I don't think so. It really doesn't seem like it, does it? I think Danny DeVito's the oldest out of the three of them. But it's hard to say. And I think it's DeVito... Schwarzenegger, Tracy Morgan. Yeah, Tracy Morgan is way younger than those two. I'm sure of it. I'm absolutely sure of it. Like, I feel like he was on Saturday Night Live in his 20s. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was like when Schwarzenegger's career was definitely winding down. So Tracy Morgan is 52. Okay. I know Danny DeVito is 76. Jesus Christ, (laughs) dude. (laughs) 24 years. Yeah, and let's see. Schwarzenegger's got to be like 60, somewhere around there. 74. 74. Holy shit. Dude, this makes no sense. (laughs) I have to see it just to see like how they try and justify this. I wonder if it's just more of the shit left over. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say Morgan's a step up from like Danny DeVito's character in that movie though, right? I would hope so. Come like the, there's a, there's a connotation there that I don't like. 
I mean, the eugenics thing is has not aged well. No, but like if like the triplets even worse, then that's not not good if they're because he's a black man. I think he just has to be different. You know what yeah. I mean? Which there's a, those three have such wildly different energies that like it's gonna be fine. <laughs> By the way, what did you think of Junior? Just out of curiosity, while we're doing our hot takes from like a hundred years ago. Junior, God, I barely like. I know the the premise of the movie, and that is it. Oh, I kind of like it. I kind of feel like people were down on it, but I thought it was all right. It was an insane premise. It's basically Arnold Schwarzenegger is a. Oh. <sighs> A pregnant person? I, well, I was trying to think of what the doctor role was. But, yeah, sure. He gets pregnant and has a baby. And uh, I kind of liked it. And Danny DeVito's wife, like ex-wife, like they break up for a little bit. And then she goes off and she gets pregnant. And he's like, who got – she says she got pregnant backstage in an Aerosmith concert. And so later he's like throwing darts at like Aerosmith on a dartboard. I remember that. Yeah, they're talking about his wife and talking about how she's pregnant. And he's like, who's the father? And he's like, Aerosmith. And he's like, which one? He's like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It turns out to be a roadie, (laughs) which makes it better for him. Because I don't know if you've heard anything about Steven Tyler's personal life, but holy shit. Yeah, that's not great. I can't listen to Aerosmith anymore, dude, after finding that shit out. it's just, Just look it up on the internet. People will find it. Okay, so we did get a message. I should have done this on top, but we got a message to the show. And it said, okay, so I just listened to your latest podcast and you unintentionally dismissed the concerns around the discovery of unmarked graves at Indian schools in Canada and the U.S. Let me explain. In late 1800s and well into the 1900s, Indian kids were forcibly removed from their families to these schools where their hair was cut. They were punished for speaking their native language and generally had their culture squashed. Kids went years without seeing their families and some just never came home. No accounting was made of how many died and the family was not notified. Graves weren't even marked, let alone allowing families to bury their kids. Bodies are now examined to try and find out if the kids died in disease and neglect and sometimes more sinister causes. This was deliberate efforts by the government to stamp out culture and language, another ugly aspect of American and Canadian history not covered in schools. Yeah, sorry we glossed over that. (laughs) Yeah. I think you were trying to get to that and I got it mixed up because I was thinking of a movie I want to say called Iris that was based off of a true thing. That was about these Catholic schools that were in, I believe, in Ireland that had like had these unwed mothers that gave birth to kids and then the kids would just kind of they, they would bury them in this graveyard and that was it and it was a thing that they uncovered like decades later and it was just fucking heart-wrenching i thought that's what you're hinting no. to i did not know but going back and listening to the episode like the momentum had just like shifted to whatever the next topic we were so i don't think you had time to elaborate yeah and Basically, all of that what you just said, uh, and it may take years to finally sift sift through all that. I mean, they're still finding graves, like and mass graves with thousands of kids in them, and it's awful. Yeah, so I did not mean to brush over that. I really, truly did not know where you were going with that. And uh, last week we had a very packed schedule that we were trying to get through timely. And then, of course, went through way too quickly and everything. (laughs) And just wound up bullshitting at the end. (laughs) 
So uh, I do apologize about that, but um, yeah. So we're aware it's on it. And if you guys have any emails or anything, like we give you all the information at the end, uh, feel free to reach out to us. We'll read it on the air. So yeah, yeah. it can happen. And we've got another one, but I'm going to wait to read it for next week because it's going to play into a segment we're going to do with Carl. So we definitely want to address that next week. So one thing I I read an article and they were, because they were, the new Jackass movie is coming out soon. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) And an insurance company, like, went through all of the first three Jackass movies and totaled their combined medical bills from all of the injuries to this point. It's over $24 million. No wonder they have to still keep working, (laughs) dude. No fucking wonder. (laughs) Yeah. So... Uh, then they actually broke it down to the top three. Johnny Knoxville is the number one slot with over $9 million worth of medical. God, man. The second number is Aaron McGahey, who actually broke his neck. at, And he had $7.4 million. And then the, the third was uh, Steve-O with $5.8 million. Jesus, dude. And he's the low man on that. That's crazy. Where were you at with Jackass growing up? I watched all of it. You watched (laughs) all of it. Did you watch all the movies? I did watch all. I didn't watch. I think they did like the 3.5 or whatever. Yeah, I've been hearing that a lot. And I didn't watch that one because I'm like. They just had some extras, like 20 minutes of stuff they didn't put in Jackass 3. Oh, they just added stuff to Jackass 3? Yeah. So it wasn't like it was really needed, but I I enjoyed that stuff just because I like watching a car wreck. (laughs) (laughs) Like literally sometimes. (laughs) Um, I – it's weird for me because I had a lot of friends that really liked the skating videos, which I found fucking Oh, that stuff is awful. But that's where it starts, right? Like you have all of those guys are in those skateboarding videos and they're just doing little segments in between skateboarding tricks. And so I didn't care for that. And then they put the show on MTV and I remember really thinking it was hilarious because I'd never seen anything like it. But they kept rerunning the same like 20 episodes or whatever it was like over and over again. So I got sick of it. By the time the first Jackass movie came out, I was just fucking done with Jackass. But Greg, who I lived with, had bought the DVD for it. And so they watched it all the time. And I do got to admit, as much as I was out on it, there was that one part where he like puts the toy car in the condom and then like <laughs> fucking lubes up, up the condom and shoves it up his ass and then goes to the doctor and gets an x-ray and he's just like well how'd it get up there like like he's, he's, he's saying that to the car. doctor yeah uh that whole thing i really did think was amazing but i that was when i ended my love affair with jackass so that was like quite a while ago and i go to the theater now and like i've seen that trailer five times i think it's been at the front of every movie i've gone to and i'm just not into it oh i am like oh i'm there but here's what i'm noticing dude it's there's always one guy who's just like (laughs) like really loud in front of me every goddamn time there's always like some loud ass jackass who's like laughing his (laughs) ass off at the trailer and then all the kids are sleeping laid by the bear at the end all of them they just fucking want to see it for the bear and my daughter like finally saw the trail and she like she like leaned over to me and was like can we go to that and i was like no 
<laughs> no fucking way I'm taking my 11-year-old daughter to, like, Jack. Like, no, you don't need to get the idea that you could do this shit and make money off of it. Like, <laughs> she already had the idea she could be YouTube famous. Like, this, I don't need to add an extra level to that. You know what I mean? But yeah. I, if I'm being honest, and I know, dude, look, I know people are going to shit on me for it. I don't care. It's fine. But, like, it looks sad to me now because they're so goddamn old oh, at this God. point. And you know they've aged way worse than they should have because of the shit that they do, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, And, I mean, just, like, all the shit that, like, Steve-O went through with his addiction problems for a long time, like, that shit takes a heavy toll. Like, the stuff they did off camera was as bad as the stuff they did on camera a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, because they had all the money for a long time, and that— Shit catches up with you. I can't, like, it's not worth it to me. It would not be worth it to me to just sit around and hurt all the time, you know? But I guess oh. that's what stuntmen do, too. But, like, I wouldn't be a stuntman either. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. That's why we're in your back room making a podcast. Yeah, it's true. It's very <laughs> low impact here. You just yeah, occasionally get not- a dog who knocks over a microphone stand. That's about <laughs> it, so. yeah. Like, with the exception of 3.5, and I probably might have caught that at some point. I know I watched all of the other movies. I did watch The the Bad Grandpa, which was awful. Yeah. And I was going to ask you how into Johnny Knoxville you went. Did you watch Dukes of Hazard? I did watch Dukes of Hazzard. <laughs> um, I watched Eddie the Eagle, uh, which actually was pretty fun. Uh, I mean, I've watched a lot of Johnny Knoxville, and then I also I got into like uh, the Nitro Circus. Yeah, which, I no idea on any of this, dude. I, so the Nitro Circus is basically just like motorcycle and bicycle jumping and tricks and shit. Which I don't know. I like the old CKY stuff, like before Jackass. Like that stuff is awful. But like watching like. 20 monster trucks jumping over each other is interesting to me. Like, just more so the choreography and what they do. Like, it's not them going to hurt themselves, but just, like, doing something that pushes the envelope, like, as far as stunt work goes, Mm -hmm. which I think is more interesting than— I will say, if you're going to be a stuntman— do it in front of the camera in that way because they probably get way more money than regular stuntmen do. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think stuntmen try to not hurt themselves when they do stunts too. They Usually just they up. do. Yeah. <laughs> but they try not to. Like they pad up. No, I mean like they, they usually like, try not to get hurt. Yeah. Like, now I'm thinking about it. They just – these guys are idiots, dude. Everything <laughs> they do, it's just not worth it to me. I don't know. It's not worth it to me. Yeah. Well, I don't know. There's just something – that is stooped like and I and I like completely admit that like I shouldn't be enjoying this, but like watching Steve O getting his nipple bit by an alligator is kind of fun. <laughs> like I would Which never one do did that. that happen in? Fuck, I don't know. Two point five. I, shit, I don't know. <laughs> Thirty-three and a third. <laughs> Yeah, never mind. Uh, I do want to say one other thing before we sign off here. Um, so The Many Saints of Newark is coming out here 
pretty soon. I mean, not that far from now. I think like nine days. Uh, we probably won't be talking about it on the show, but we're doing an episode of it on a cosmic void and we may or may not have a big guest. We'll see. So far we have it lined up, but I'm just so used to stuff falling through. I don't like to like say it ahead of time, but uh, we will be talking about it there. I just don't want to see you and Carl's vacant stares while I talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to be watching it. So instead, I'm going to talk about it for like an hour and a half, literally on Cosmic Void. So I do want to throw out that plug. And another plug really quick. Uh, there's a new podcast on the network called Dippers. And I really enjoy the show. I know you listen to. I'm just started. I'm about two-thirds of the way through the first episode. Right. You're listening to in the car before you came over, you said. But uh, I really like it. It's my friend Lauren Elizabeth and uh, Sarah Lynn are doing this podcast, and they are funny as shit. Dude, Lauren, I think I talked about one of her movies on a way previous podcast that we did. Uh, She is just one of the funniest human beings I've ever known. Like, she's a really, really funny person. And she approached me about doing the podcast, which is crazy because that doesn't happen a lot and then she and sarah put it together without help from me other than like putting it up on the internet so like much appreciated (laughs) no editing that is not something i get very often where like i have to do almost nothing you know Uh, but it's a great show so go and check out dippers it's on pretty much every platform uh and we have a lot of new listeners right now like we've been getting to like let, let me put it this way when we started the year we were getting about 4,000 downloads a week. Uh, we're getting almost 7,000 downloads a week right now. Nice. Thanks so, for listening, guys. Yeah. And I say that because I guess I'm thinking of like box office battle numbers. We've only been going for like, what, 21 episodes or something. So never mind that. When we started, we had zero actually <laughs> this year. But uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Like our subscribers have been going up. I really, really appreciate it. You guys help all of this go. And I got like an email a little while ago from a friend of mine who doesn't give compliments easy. That was saying it was well produced so i appreciate that too and we are going to be launching a patreon page very very soon we're just getting through the last legal loopholes we have to do before we start it up and so we will have some more content for you guys coming down the road and so i just kind of wanted to tease that out but it's not up yet but it is a thing to come so any other business we should take care of nope all right take it easy Please subscribe, rate, and review the show. Follow us or reach out on Instagram at NSF underscore network, Facebook's Not Safe for Network page, or email Not Safe for Network podcast at gmail.com. Not Safe for Network was created and hosted by Carl Borneman, Brandon Beardsley, and Alex Small. Produced by Alex Small. Have a laugh with Lauren and Sarah as they dip in and out of topics every other week on their shiny new podcast, Dippers. Weekly pop culture news you can use, coupled with reviews, deep dives you can't refuse, and occasional interviews on Not Safe for Network. Every week, Jeremiah and Biggs break down influential movies, tracing their influences and effects on cinema. They also occasionally suffer through a really wretched stinker in the movie podcast, A Cosmic Void. Eric and Connor will guide you through the world of wrestlers on the big screen in the show you can understand just by its title, Movies with Wrestlers. 